just lift you up and just tell you thank you. Uh, you really are God, Yahweh, as we just sang. And we just bless you tonight. We thank you that you're already here tonight. And uh, yeah, we just thank you, Jesus. We need you. Yes. We need you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. It's so good. Jesus. He's so good, folks. He's so good. And uh, like I, I love worship, and I love, I love when it's, it's from the heart, and it doesn't have to be, there doesn't have to be words on the screen for me to worship, and I just love that. Praise God. So, yeah. Amen. Hey, so uh, the last few weeks... The last few weeks, we have been talking about the anointing and what is it and, uh, and how we need it because we do need it. Uh, we need the presence and power of God in, in and on our lives so that when we leave this place, we actually have something worth giving people. And so, like, like I love, like, I, I love this. I, I love I love the worship. I, I love when the hair stands up on the back of my neck, right? I love the goosebumps. I love looking around and seeing y'all with your hands raised high. I love when we see the tears streaming down people's faces. I love all of that, right? And I love when the Lord comes. But I really love when we take what God has done here in us and it begins to move through us out there, okay? And so that's what we're, we've been talking about. And the word anoint... The word anoint, hey, thank you, sweetheart. The word anoint, it means this. So we'll give you two, two definitions. You've, this is a little bit of review. But in Hebrew, it means to, to literally smear with oil. Or for what we're talking about, it means to be smeared with the presence of God. Okay? New covenant, it changes just a little bit when it talks about the word anoint. It means to be poured on. So not just smeared, but to be poured on. And then there's that one element we don't necessarily like. It actually could mean to be a pressure applied to to put it in. In other words, it's like pushing and squeezing. And sometimes it feels like the Lord pushes on us and puts pressure on us. And, 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 and it's not because he wants to chastise us. It's actually for our benefit because he's making us more like him so that we have more of him to be able to give away out there. Okay, And so we need the anointing. We need his presence. And you've heard me say this without it. Without the anointing, the church is no different than the Kiwanis Club or the Shriners or some other organization that they do wonderful things, but we actually get to do things partnering with the Lord. And if we partner with the Lord, it actually has the possibility to transform their lives forever, right? Like we, we want to be able to feed people and bless people, but we also want to see the Holy Spirit transform their lives as well. So we need it. Now, the verse that we've been running off of, I guess, has been Isaiah 10, 27. So it'll be in that day that his burden, the weight, the, the load, the burden of tyranny, if you will, will be removed, which means to depart, to turn aside, will actually come to an end from your shoulders. And we're, you can read this like from people's shoulders, but from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be broken, will be destroyed, because of what? Because of the anointing. So in other words, it'll be in that day, and I see in that day, it'll be in our day-to-day -day lives that because the presence of the Lord is in us and on us, 
that we have the ability to break the yoke of tyranny that people are living under, break the burden of slavery, of guilt and shame and condemnation because of the Jesus that we carry in us and with us, all right? And, and because of the anointing, the presence and the power of God have basically exactly what people need. It's like we may go up to someone and say, what do you need? And it really doesn't matter what they say. What they really need is just the Holy Spirit in their lives. All right. The answer for, put this online today, the answer for the world around us is literally the world that's within us. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is within. The answer for the world around us is the world within us. It's the word within us. Right? It's the spirit within us. And, and so when we start thinking in that terms, it's like, well, I don't know. I, I just want to see everyone's need get met whenever I, any of you all are around someone. And not so you can be like, look what I did and hit post on Facebook, but so that the Lord can use you and blow through you. Right? All right. So how do we live our lives so that the anointing stays? We talked about stewarding it last week. But um, I want to take that even a step deeper this week. Like, how do we live to where it actually increases? Because I pray, and, and again, now I say this, like when I pray for people and someone gets healed, it's not me that heals them, it's the Holy Spirit, right? It's, it's Him, all right? So, but that being said, I prayed for, won't tell you how many people I prayed for this week, but I'll just say this, that, that I know of five that the Lord did not heal right then and there. And, and I sure would like to bat a thousand like Jesus did. Like that's the goal, right? First John 4, 17, as he is, so are we in this world. And Jesus always batted a thousand. And so, so, so if, if we have the ability because of him, and I say it's us, it, it's, it's not our ability, it's his ability flowing through us to meet whatever need that someone else has, I want that to happen every single time. All right. So how does, do we get that to increase? Um, quite simply, we, we need to get obsessed with the presence of God. We need to get obsessed with the presence of God. Uh, April, the Holy Spirit uses April very often to uh, bring me back into realignment in a good way. And she, was, she wasn't correcting me today or she wasn't saying anything. She just made a statement about the presence of the Lord and how that's our priority. And uh, it really is. Our priority for our church, like what's the, what's the most important thing here? It's, it's not the worship or the worship leader. I love our worship and I love our worship leader, right? It's not the preacher. That's not, that's not, that's not what it is. Um, you know, if uh, it, it's not that, it's not, it's not the teachings that we do. It's not the programs that we do. We really don't do really any programs or, or we were ramping some up, but I think the Lord's been speaking about that as well. It's the presence of God. It is the presence of God is the most important thing about our church. And, um, and it will be, and it will be, and it will be, and it will be. And then as we grow, Guess what? What will be important about your church? That's the presence of God. And, and there's this pressure. I'm going to be really honest here. 
there's this pressure in ministry in general, and especially, like, I don't know that we, I don't think I've felt this as much pastoring the other churches we've pastored um, uh, in, in Louisiana and Texas and Illinois, because um, we kind of simplified things there, but we inherited a lot of things there that, that we couldn't stop doing because it, it blew the place up, right? And it, it would have, it would have, and it's, it's neither here nor there, it just, it would have. And so we did it because we honored those that had did these things, and some stuff we stopped because it was silly. But anyway, there's a lot of pressure when we've planted a church, and there's nothing really established in the sense that it's like, well, what do you guys do? What are you doing for evangelism? What are you doing for hour? What are you doing for this, this, and this? And, and things are important. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But, but the driving factor when we felt called to plant a church was it's like maybe we can actually start a church where the most important thing ever is people experience the presence of God. Amen. Yes. And, and so it's like, and every time, and this isn't bad, as people, as, as we grow, people have expectations and people have wants and needs. And, and sometimes we want and we think we need things just because that's all we've ever known as well. And, and as we do that, we have to keep coming back to this point right here, that it's the presence of the Lord is why we're doing what we're doing. Because honestly, like, I know that if you were in here and you're struggling with something, that like I could talk to you for three hours or you could just have an encounter with the Lord and he'd take that away forever right then and there. And so that's, that's what we want people to experience. And so we need to be obsessed with the presence. And it's like, well, obsession, a bad word, not if it's for a good thing. Okay. All right. So look at Numbers chapter 12. This is an incredible passage. I've actually, I've never shared from this passage. And uh, up until recently, I'll be honest, I didn't. Obviously, I knew Numbers 12 was in there because it comes after 11 and before 13. So it had to be there, right? But I read this recently, and I didn't realize it was in there type of passage. And, um, and uh, anyway, it's just amazing. We're going to read, I think, the first seven verses, and I'll finish the story at the end tonight. Then Miriam and Aaron, Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman who he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And they said... Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us as well? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than any man who was on the face of the earth. Suddenly, suddenly the Lord said to Moses and Aaron and to Miriam, you three come out to the tent of meeting. Like that's, that's, you, you probably would not want to be late to that meeting, right? You, you three... You three come out to this meeting. It's just crazy to me. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the doorway of the tent, and he called Aaron and Miriam. When they both had come forward, he said, Hear now my words. Is there a prophet among you? I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak to him in a dream. And right here, this is so profound. Not so... With my servant Moses. He is faithful in my household. With him, I speak mouth to mouth. <laughs> Even openly and not in dark sayings, means that he he's just, just talks plain, right? 
Like, I'm, I'm one, like, if you talk to me, I just, I, I don't want you to beat around the bush. I just want you to tell me what you're thinking, right? You, you don't have to tell me ten things to tell me one negative thing. If you got something, just say the negative thing and get it over with, right? Or don't, don't him haul around. Let's just get right to the point. He, he's saying, the Lord's saying, I'm, I'm not hiding anything from Moses. I'm just speaking very plain to him, mouth to mouth. And right here, and, verse 8, he beholds the form of the Lord. Now, that's wild, too, because, like, you know, he couldn't, like, Moses said, I want to see your glory, and the Lord said, I'm going to put you in a cleft of the rock, and, and I'm going to let you see my backside. Like, you can't look at the Lord, so he sees the form of the Lord, which is still more than anyone else had done at this time. And he says, and be, it beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you afraid to speak against my servant Moses? All right, so I'm going to stop the story here, and we'll finish it towards the end. But I want to talk about what obsessing over the presence of God does, just real briefly. The, the first thing it does is that if we obsess over the presence of the Lord, it actually makes us more humble. And, and that's why it says right here, now the man Moses was very humble more than any man who was on the face of the earth. Now it sounds silly because Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. That's it's just a fact, okay? You may not have realized that, but he actually wrote the first five books of the Bible because he was really good at listening to what the Lord said. And he actually wrote everything down. He didn't just write down the Ten Commandments. He wrote down the first five books. So it seems weird that he's like, I'm the most humble man on earth, right? If I, if I told you I'm more humble than you all, you'd probably be like, you're just full of it, buddy, right? Well, they actually think, scholars think that, that Joshua likely, after Moses died, went and added this part in right here. Because he would have had that firsthand experience with Moses. And you know, he was basically the spiritual son of Moses. But anyway, scholars believe Joshua knew Moses well out of this after he passed away. And it's also important to say that Moses wasn't always humble. Because he wasn't, right? He committed murder. He did all this stuff, right? I mean, I don't think that that's, he's sin. He does this. I, I think that Moses, as he grew older... He started up younger, but as he grew older, I believe that he was so obsessed with the presence of the Lord. And you could read time after time again, he went up and talked with the Lord and, and stood, on, stood and interceded for people, did all these things. I believe the presence of the Lord made him more humble. And so it's like, well, if we have a pride issue, what, what is it? Do we have a pride issue or do we have a humility issue? Or is it actually an issue that we need to spend more time in the presence of God? Because what happens is when you start to spend time in the presence of the Lord, I, I promise you that He starts to speak to us. He starts to tell us the things that He wants to work on us and change. And, and it's hard to be like, <laughs> I've got it all figured out. Let's hang out, right? I mean, that just sounds, that sounds very arrogant to even think or say, right? But it's like, God, you are good. You are holy. You are other, right? That's why the angels, that's why they're saying holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Like they can't say anything else because it's just like, you're holy. So when we get in his presence, it's like you are holy. And, and I don't understand how I can stand in your presence other than the blood of Jesus that, that gives me right standing with you, that makes me righteous. But, but God, please do whatever you want to do in my heart, right? And, and humility is actually attractive. 
listen to this, it's actually attractive to people there in the world, and it's attractive to the presence of God. So it's like the more I humble myself before him, the more he is drawn to me. Look at this, Matthew 5, 3, what's it say? Blessed are the gentle, blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble. Why? Or what happens if we're that? You shall inherit the earth. Which is mind-boggling. Psalms 2 says, as for the nations, and surely I'll give it to you as your inheritance. So as we get in the Lord's presence and he begins to humble us, and I think it draws him more near to us, which then it makes us more humble, which it draws him nearer to us, which makes us more humble, which then also, at the same token, makes us more attractive for people who do not know Jesus. And, and, and so, so just let's just play like pretend for a second. You, know, you ask people, do you, wanna, do you know Jesus? Do you want to come to church? And, and it's not about inviting church and inviting them into a counter with the Lord Jesus is what it is, right? Okay. So, but when we say stuff like that, what is, I don't want to go there. The people are all prideful. They're arrogant. They got this, that, or the other. What would it look like if a company of people got so humble before the Lord that they're like, there's something weird about you all, and, and I just want to hang out with you guys because maybe, maybe this Jesus that you worship, maybe he really can change my heart because it makes no sense how you can be this way. It makes no sense that, that you've picked up a towel instead of a whip, right? It makes no sense that you come up from under instead of on top trying to force an agenda on me. What would it look like if we got more humble? We would inherit the earth. So, so, so this, think of this. So what's inheritance? It's something given to you from someone that had possession of it. Yeah. I mean, really simple definition. If I receive an inheritance, it's because someone in my family or someone else willed it to me. They wanted me to have it. I could never go and take it from them unless I broke the law. I could never go take it from them, and I could never pull it from their grips. But they said, here you go, because I will it to you. If we would get humble before the Lord, he actually begins to give us people. He actually begins to give us a city and a region. So it's like, God, let us win Louisville. No, God, make us more humble so you can give us this city. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Obsessing over God's presence actually causes him to defend us. This is like one of these, like, it's not a three-point sermon. This is like a five-point, but this, whatever. Uh, yeah, who cares? Obsessing over his presence entices God to defend us. He will defend us. Look at this, verse 1. What's going on in this story? Look at verse 1. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman he had married, for he married a Cushite woman. They were mad he did something that they thought that was illegal, but the Lord had given that he, they, they were judging him for doing something. I talked to someone this past week at the revival we were at that hadn't been in church for years because they went in and they didn't have the nicest clothes and someone said you need to dress your best for the Lord and they're like this is the only outfit I have right so so you understand it's a very similar type of mindset and so they, they spoke against Moses and they said 
Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken to us as well? And the Lord heard it. <laughs> so, so they said, has, well, God spoke to us, and God had spoken through Aaron, and he actually spoke through Miriam as well before this, or, and after this, as a matter of fact. But it said they spoke against. They, they spoke against. The word against, that means that they spoke ill words. They actually, for lack of a better way, they dishonored him, right? It'd be like talking bad about someone behind their back and then talking good to them to their face, right? I love you. They don't know their head from a hole in the ground, right? We, we, that's, that's, it'd be like that. And it actually could be translated this as well. The word against could mean, and you have to excuse this, it means urinating against the wall. It means that they actually treated Moses like he was a wall. And they did that against him. It's just like when you start looking up the Hebrew and Greek, it's just amazing. Well, this would be Hebrew, but... But it's actually like they just took Moses and said, we don't care about you. Doesn't matter what he has to say or do. It's not even worth this. We're going to urinate against the wall. It's just mind-boggling. And the Lord heard it. <laughs> I looked at this, right? I looked that up. The Lord heard it. It really does mean he heard them say that. It actually means that he heard with his ears and he actually received news. So which would mean like this, so, so the Lord heard them say it because he knows and hears, he sees everything, but also he had the angels went and gave him a report, hey, your boy Aaron and your girl Miriam, they're, they're doing this to Moses, they're speaking ill, and he's like, I know, I heard. See, we think that what we do, we, he doesn't always see, he sees everything, and if we would begin to obsess over the presence of God, he'll end up defending us. He really will. Listen, Psalm 44, 7 says, You've saved us from our adversaries, and you've put shame to those who hate us. The word hate, you could translate it as a, you, could, you put shame, God, because I obsess over your presence. You put shame to those that, that, that dishonor us in word and deed. So it's like this, if, if you have someone that speaks an ill word over you, don't retaliate. Don't retaliate, right? The Lord will take care of it. He really will. That's why sometimes we see people that gossip the most, their life ends up falling apart the most. And just being real, because they literally heap condemnation on themselves. And I'm not thinking of anyone. This is just good stuff to share. So verse 4 says, Suddenly Moses said, or suddenly the Lord said to Moses and Miriam, You three come out to the tent of meeting. So he heard. He was aggravated. The Lord was. And he said, You come out here and get in my presence, and I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. So the three came out. The Lord came down the pillar in the cloud, which would have been terrifying. It would have been terrifying. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been like, it would not have been it would not have been like seeing these cute little pictures like blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus with his head tilted slightly that's in every church in America, right? It would not have been like, this would have been like, oh my goodness, right? Oh, you're holy. It, that's what it would have been like. And so he came down in the form of a cloud, stood in the doorway of the tent, and he called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forward. next verse, he begins to defend them. He said, hear my words. Hear now my words. <laughs> oh, 
says. If there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak to him in a dream. He defends them. Listen, and, and this is, I think, more important than ever right now, especially in our social media-driven culture. Most of us probably have friends online that don't know the Lord and don't want the Lord and, and probably make fun of people that do have the Lord. Okay? Please do not retaliate and please do not argue with them. Amen. I'm just telling you, the Lord is our defense. It's the kindness of God that leads men unto repentance. It really is. And then when they come to repentance, they have a change of mind. They change the way they think. And then we can disciple and live life with them. So anyway, obsession over God's presence gives us special access. <laughs> you, we were, uh, before church, April was listening to a Toby Mac song, okay? And, and uh, uh, years ago, Ethan loved the singer Toby Mac. And uh, he's changed now. But anyway, we were in Corpus Christi, Texas. And uh, we, they, he came to town, and so we're like, we're going to go, and we're going to have a great night, and so on and so forth. And we were like, we, we didn't book our tickets till late because that's how we roll, right? We make last-minute plans all the time. And so we were up pretty high, and it just so happened that the, the MC came out to the guy who was kind of directing the concert, and I'm like, I know that guy. I know that guy. And so I sent him a, a, a message on Twitter, a private message. I'm like, dude, it was so awesome to get to see you. You know, we're, we're up here. And, 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 and we just kind of left with that. And next thing I know, he's blowing my phone up. He says, do you want to come backstage? He's like, meet me out in the lobby. And so we go out to the lobby. And he, he takes us. And, and it's, it's a comical picture because, you know, I'm, again, I'm short, chubby, bearded guy. And, and this guy, he's African-American and dreadlocks down the here. And then we have my wife and Ethan, and we're just kind of walking. And he's taking us back through these corridors. And through these corridors, nearly every door, there's, there's guys that are they're, they're big men, right? And they're, I, I think they're probably standing there flexing their arms. And they're standing there flexing their arms, and they're just looking. And then we're like, we're with him. <laughs> and so they had to let us go through. And so we had special access. And so then we finally come out onto the stage. And so like I'm, I'm, we're all right here. I'm here. Ethan's here. And April's here. And then April's like having a, 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 a I don't know, a conniption because, because Mandisa was like sitting right here next to her. And Toby Mack at the time, he's like 48, 49 years old. And he's up there dancing and singing and worshiping. And he's, he's no further away than Logan is from me. And we had special access back there because of who we knew. See, if, if we obsess with the presence of the Lord, he gives us access in the places that other people do not have permission to get into. And so <laughs> he, he says this, I shall make myself known to him in a vision. He's talking about the prophet. He said, hear now my words. If there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him in a vision, and I shall speak to him in a dream. The word known means to give knowledge about, to disclose. But he says, I'll make known to disclose information about myself through visions and dreams. Visions and dreams are amazing. I love visions and dreams, right? I like them. Uh, Joel prophesied that, that when the end days come, that all your sons and daughters, right? Your sons and daughters will dream, dream, or I'm getting it mixed up, but you can read it. Anyway, <laughs> dreams and visions are really important things. They're good things. 
And God says, I'll let my prophets have this. They will see information. They will get to know my heart and my character and what I want to do. And they'll be able to prophesy and proclaim that over the people. But guess what? To those I have special access with, I actually want to take them a step further. What if we have dreams and visions? And that's wonderful. But what if the Lord wants to do more than that? Because he says this. He says, oh, Moses, I actually gave him an upgrade from what these guys get. Yeah. And he says, not so with Moses, my servant. He is faithful in all my household. And with him, I speak mouth to mouth. Even openly and not in the dark sayings. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Faithful means, faithful means proving to be firm. It means that. Because Moses was faithful, because Moses was firm in his foundation, because Moses said, I'm going to get into the presence of the Lord, and you can't talk me out of it, basically, okay? The Lord, <laughs> the Lord discloses stuff to him. He, he actually, Moses, the word faithful means because my servant Moses is trustworthy in my household. Household is, is, is it means household, but it means clan. It actually could be like this. If we're faithful in the partnership and relationship that we have with the Lord, he deems us trustworthy. So it's like, you know, Paul says, I pray that you receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation, right? It's like, God, I'd like wisdom and revelation. The Lord's like, what are you doing with what I've given you already? Right? That's what he said to me about six months ago. It's about being found trustworthy with what you've been given. It's, it's like when people want promotions and, and they haven't done anything at all worthy of receiving a promotion, but they still want one. You need to be faithful in the little things so we can receive the big things. That makes sense? Or it's like when Jesus says, Jesus says, go and ask your father in private, right? And then I'll honor you in public. It's, it's about spending our time here and not caring one bit about out here. But if we spend our time here obsessing, he blesses us automatically out there. Why? Because again, it sets the standard because he creates a humble person out here that when you get out here or creates a humble person in there and out here here's a humble person that can actually point people to Jesus rather than say look at what I did whoa I'm good it scared me more than anything he says oh, man I speak to him mouth to mouth speak is talk and converse it's it's it, it's, uh, it, it's actually speak from in between and from the inside. And so it's this all-encompassing speak. It's, it's, like, it's like sometimes you hear the audible voice of God. Sometimes the Lord speaks and you have a thought, right? Because you have the mind of Christ. You should be able to think his thoughts. Or sometimes you have an impression and you're like, my heart's just leading me to do it. He speaks in all these different manners, in between and from within. And he says, I speak mouth to mouth to Moses. Mouth to mouth literally means face to face. And so, so like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get face to face with anyone other than my wife, right? And, I, and, and the face to face, I, I read a commentary today that, that talked about face to face is literally like putting one's nose up against the other's nose, like, like that close. That's how the Lord and Moses spoke. That's... That's mind-boggling. It actually means mouth-to-mouth is face-to-face or uninhibited intimacy. 
And he's like, yeah, you can have dreams and visions. Or you can have uninhibited intimacy with me. And I just speak directly to you. Like, I I want them both. But this, this, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about this. This is mind-boggling. This isn't, and you think about it like, like, seriously, like, my boy gives me hugs, but I don't want his face on my face. Right? He's a dirty teenager, smelly teenager. <laughs> and, he, my, he, my, <laughs> and he, my wife, like, you know, we make sure that, that there's no food in my beard, right, <laughs> first. <laughs> so, or, or that it's not wet from having coffee where it just flows down. But anyway, it's this face-to-face uninhibited intimacy that the Lord desires with us. And that only comes, I believe, which is saying, I'm going to be obsessed with the presence of the Lord. Like nothing else will do. Nothing, I won't settle for anything else. I can have a dream and a vision. I'm, a, I'm happy with that. But if there's something deeper and more, I want that, right? It's like, it's like why, why do you... If you had the option of having a piece of cake or a whole cake, you'd be nuts to take a piece of cake, right? When you can have the whole thing. Or at least maybe you all don't like cake the way I do, but I'm just telling you, you'd be nuts not to take the whole thing. And he's saying, you can have this or you can have this. And I believe the Lord is calling us a church that, yeah, we have dreams and visions, the Lord speaks. But I believe God's calling us a church that lives like this. That's not seeker-friendly. You know what that is? That's not seeker-friendly. That's seeker-friendly. Because it's... it's (laughs) Those who seek me will find me, right? (laughs) God spoke to the prophets of those dreams and visions, still does, but again... He's giving this face-to-face invitation. Now, when this was written, I guess it would have been after it was written. Let's use this for an illustration. Let's talk Middle Ages, kings and queens. Only certain people had an audience with the king, right? Only certain people were allowed in direct contact with him. But with the Lord, because Jesus tore the veil, right? Because the veil's been... Split in two. We actually have an audience with the king, and we don't have to go through an intermediary to talk to the king. We can actually go in and do that with him. I think, praise God, right? Praise God for that. I don't, like, you all, like, I I can pray for you. I can talk to God on your behalf. I can't talk to God for you, right? But praise God that that you can do that on your own, that you can face-to-face with him. Hmm. If we're going to reach our city, and if we're actually going to be a different kind of church, if we're going to do what we're called to do, we have to get face-to-face with him. And, and let me say this. This is in the notes. This is just me. We have to get face-to-face with him at home. Yes. Not just here. Not just here. This, this is, this, and this is where we get it mixed up too. And, and there is some truth to this. We think this is where we come to get fed. This is where you come to get equipped. Come on. Okay. We get fed 
but we're in the prayer closet with him face to face and he's speaking to us and we speak to him and we begin interceding on other people's behalf. We worship him. We, we love him. And, and my biggest fear, and you guys heard me joke about this, my biggest fear is the only time we really spend with the Lord is that we read our Sarah Young devotional, which is a good thing, but if that's the only scripture we read in the day, we're probably going to be left feeling empty. And then also, if the only prayer we're praying is God bless this Big Mac to the nourishment of our body, we're probably, we're probably, right? And, and I joke about that too. That seems so silly to ask the Lord to bless something that we know is probably going to kill us anyway. But if that's the only time that we pray, if that's the only time that we read, then, then we're in serious trouble. The Lord's saying, come here, come spend time with me. I want to be with you. I want to commune with you. I want to talk to you. I don't want to just pop something in your head. I actually want to talk to you face to face because I care enough to talk to you face to face. Like, look, look, we're so desensitized because it's like, we're like, oh, I'm just going to send them a text message because I don't want to talk to them, right? Or, or, or we're like, I'm going to send them an email because I don't want to visit with them face to face. The Lord's saying there's something better. And face to face needs to be the description of what our church is based off of, folks. That's what sets us apart. What's different about you all? We get face-to-face -face with the Lord. What do you mean you get face-to-face -face with the Lord? Oh, you have no idea. It's amazing. Yeah, that's what has to be different. And that's, that, like, like, look, that, that may not draw the biggest crowd. I want this place to grow, but that may not draw the biggest crowd, but it draws His presence. And I don't want to meet without that here. All right. <laughs> Obsession. Here's, I love this one. This is the last point, I think. Obsession with his presence actually gives people supernatural abilities. All right. Let's look at verse 9. We'll finish this story. It says, so the anger of the Lord burned against them, and he departed. Holy smokes. Like, okay. So here's, here's a whole sermon right here in of itself. And I, could, I can say this because we have people from other churches. <laughs> and I know you all don't do this. But you know one of the worst things that you could ever do is talk bad about your pastor or your ministry staff or a church board member or someone. You understand this, right? And, and we believe you're supposed to honor those the Lord has placed in authority over your lives. We also believe that you're supposed to honor your peers, which would be people... In equal positions to you in life. And we also believe you're supposed to honor those the Lord has entrusted you with. Because there's, it's just you just have that culture. So anyway, so they dishonor Moses and they speak ill. We're like, well, he, he's not the only one who hears from God. I hear from God too. That's what's going on. And the Lord, it says that the anger of the Lord burned against them. And he said, I'm out. You know what that would be the equivalency of? And, and again, it's not here, so this is safe company. But I want you to think when you see this, when you go to a... Well, that's not me in video. When you go to a church that has the propensity to chew up people and spit them out, whether it's pastors, whether it's lay people, it doesn't matter, but they're always spitting people up and chewing them out. And you're like, we don't understand why nothing ever happens or why people's always fighting, why people's always mad. 
maybe it's because of a lack of honor among one another that the presence of the Lord really isn't there. And he's all places at all times. We get that, but he will not put up with this stuff. His anger burned against them. He said, I, he departed. That's actually the word Ichabod, which means the glory departed. Right, I know, it's absolutely crazy. But when the cloud had withdrawn from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous and as white as snow. Holy smokes. So, like, this is hard, and I don't get this, and, and I don't know that I have a theology for this, but here's a woman that's healthy, and because the Lord got mad, she got sick. I don't, yeah, I don't, and I don't know if the Lord calls that or if she attracted that, Okay. But anyway, that's just hard to wrap my mind around. And as Aaron toward, turned towards Miriam, behold, she was leprous. Then Aaron said to Moses, Oh, my Lord, I beg you, <laughs> Lord, little hell. Oh, my Lord, I beg you, do not account this sin to us. So Aaron's like, we messed up dishonoring you. Would you please don't hold this against us, right? He's looking at her. Oh, man. In which we've acted foolishly and we have sinned. Verse 12, Oh, do not let her be like one dead whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes from his mother's womb. So leprosy is just a nasty thing. Verse 13, this is amazing. And this is what Moses should not have been able to do. Here's the supernatural. Moses cried out, which actually means he shrieked to the Lord. Like he didn't say, Oh God, if it be thy will. I mean, he shrieked he exclaimed at the top of his lungs he cried out to the lord saying oh god heal her i pray all right you know what's supernatural about that prayer is one he was humble enough to pray that to someone that just Question his leadership and his authority. And he says, Healer, I pray God. That's a humble man. And the only way you get humble is if you spend presence in the Lord. And if you spend presence in the Lord, he works humility through you. And then you have the ability to say, I realize what they said about me, but please don't hold that against them. There's several times Moses actually, the Lord just wanted to, the Lord actually wanted to destroy all of Israel. And wanted to recreate creation with Moses. And Moses said, please don't. He stood in the gap on their behalf. He said, please don't. He actually changed God's mind is what it reads. And so here's Moses. It says, do not hold this against her. But the Lord said to Moses, if her father had spit in her face, would not she bear shame for seven days? Let her shut up, be shut up for seven days outside the camp. And afterwards, she may be received again. So the Lord's like, fine. Because you cried out. I'm not going to let her die of leprosy. But because you cried out, she'll be unclean for a week, and then she can come back in and be restored and made whole again. I believe this, that if we obsess over the presence of God, he makes us humble, but then he actually gives us a burden or a broken heart for people around us. And that's what we desperately need. If we have that burden and that broken heart for the people around us because we've lived like this, because then we see what he really feels and thinks about us, and we're not any more special than anyone else. I hate to bust your bubble. But then we start to see if he feels this way about me, he feels this way about them, and then I can say, God, they're in this, let's just be for real. 
They're in this life of sin right now, God. Would you please spare them? Would you spare them, God? Because what they're doing right now could lead to death, loss, or destruction, God. But would you actually spare them and prolong their life long enough to where they could come into a saving knowledge of your goodness and your grace and your mercy? Would you do that, God? Or we can do like Melissa Wright teaches. We can begin to intercede for our friends and our family and our loved ones rather than just saying, well, they've hurt me time and time again. I'm just done with them, right? And, and essentially... What when we do this, we say to heaven with me and to hell with everyone else. And, and we need to get alone with him face to face so he begins to humble us, so that he begins to grow us, so that he gives us the ability to stand in the gap and intercede for other people. And listen, the only way you can intercede for someone else and cry out on someone else's behalf is if he's done a supernatural work in your heart. Because listen, it's hard to pray sometimes. It is, let alone to pray for someone else that you're not seeing results results, that you're not seeing results, that you're not seeing results. Like that gets old really fast. And so we need his supernatural strength to work in us to be able to do it. Praise God. And it all starts with the presence of the Lord. That's it. Like we could... We could go verse by verse. I mean, it's just, it's all over the word. But I thought this was in particular was pretty amazing. So we want to be a humble people. And I want to be a people that's like, hey, you should come to River City Hope Church. Why? Oh, we get face to face with the Lord. What's that even mean? I can't even articulate it, but he's here. He's here. He's here right now. Well, do you do this and this and this? Actually, we don't. <laughs> Why? Well, we just want to get people face to face with the Lord. We don't want to enable you to live the life you're still living. We actually just think if you get in the presence of God, that he's going to heal you and cleanse you from all your sin and unrighteousness. And then you don't have to be that way anymore. Or we won't tell people like that. We could be like, we actually think if you get in the presence of God, you're not going to struggle with whatever it is you struggle anymore. That's hard. And this is where, like Paul, 1 Corinthians 15, 31 says, I die daily. As we get alone with him, we literally die daily. And then we can truthfully tell people that the pastor's not the most important person in the church. The worship leader's not the most important person. The church board's not, right? Amen. He's okay. He's all right. We can say, as Logan sang out from Psalm 40 today, Yahweh is, the presence of God is. That's what we want. April told me that this morning. April told me that this morning, and just real briefly, and I started going back through my journal from two and a half years ago, like when we were just beginning to pray about coming here. And it point blank says, this church has to be about the presence of God or we will fail. 
are put. Like we've done it the other ways and there's nothing wrong with the other ways. Don't hear me. I'm not dishonoring anyone else. Don't hear me wrong. Just know what the Lord's called us to do. And I think that we can start something here and the Lord has started something over the last year that'll be here well after we're long gone that won't be built on a personality. I understand, like we all have personalities. I, I'm boisterous sometimes. I get it, I do. But it's not built on a personality. It's built on Him. Like it used to break my heart. We'd take vacations at other churches and we'd have to hide that we were going on vacation because we were worried that no one would show up. And if no one showed up, then no one would give and then we'd have enough money to pay the electric bill. Like that makes me sick. It's like, it doesn't matter who's doing this. If they're right with the Lord, what matters is he's here, right? So I'd just like to pray over us. I think, um, I think, I've, I think I'm done tonight. And I just want to encourage you to begin to <laughs> obsess over the Lord. One of my favorite preachers is a guy named Michael Cudlianos, and Michael Cugliano says that he's addicted to Jesus. And I thought, well, if you're addicted to something, that what, what better thing to be? Some of you, say some of you, some of us, say like it's some of us used to be more on fire for the Lord or we used to spend more face-to-face -face communion with Him than we do now. Now, I'm not saying go lock yourself in a bedroom for five hours. It may be that, but don't think, oh, I wish I could put my time in. It's not about the time in. It's about the quantity or the quality of time that you put in. But some of you, hey, buddy, I love it. Jesus loves kids. But some of us used to spend more face-to-face -face with him than we have in several years. And the Lord misses that, and he's inviting us back into that. like, well, what does that even mean? Well, you used to get excited to read the Word. You used to get excited to pray. And now it's, well, I've got to do my Word, and I've got to pray so that I can do my other things. And I don't mean that as a negative thing. I think the Lord's just inviting us into something more. It's really a return to first love, if you will. And so, Jesus, I pray that you help us to become completely and utterly enamored with your presence. <laughs> Let us not want to... You never leave or forsake us, but never let us be okay being...